Hello and welcome to a new episode of Doctrine and Doxology. This is take two for our introduction this morning. Yes, it is. Tongue twisters have tongue-tied my tongue. Very good way to say that. Anyways, uh, we are glad that you are listening, whether you have done so by choice or you're overhearing somebody else against your will. Either way, (laughs) welcome. My name is Skylar Spradlin, here with the one and the only, the only, Larry Jones. Okay, the only, yeah. I know actually two others, personally. Well, again, you're in a class all by yourself. As we all are. We're like individual fingerprints, touched by God and used for His glory in different ways. Good job at taking that over. Okay. Um, This is Doctrine and Doxology. Just, I guess, a brief reminder of what we do uh, in case you're new or relatively new. We don't talk about this very much. Uh, But our goal and desire is to just simply address, not exhaustively look at, but address Christian doctrine. And hopefully that leads to and spurs on Christian worship, doxology. Sure. And study. Yeah, further study, further conversation. Uh, We want people to think together about the truths of Christianity, the truths of the Bible. And we want that to not just be for knowledge's sake, but we want you to actually adore God because of these things. Yeah. It's it's all about Jesus and loving him and, and living for him and walking with him and sharing with each other. So that's why we do this podcast. That's why we do what we do here. When we do it. When we do it. Whenever that is. We didn't do it last week. No, we didn't. Somebody had an eye disease. Somebody was sick. We weren't supposed to do it this week. Because I'm supposed to be gone. To Mexico. old Mexico. Yeah. But because of my eye disease last week, I didn't feel like people on the van ride down to Monterey would be thrilled to be in the same band with me. So you had lunch with me that day instead. So yes. Thanks. Appreciate that. But I was also on the on the way to recovery. Were you there yet? I think so. Uh, I'm so close I can't stand it. It's true. I'm glad you're back. It was hard for me as it always is when you're gone to yeah, do I ministry know. without you. Just struggling through. It's true. It's true in many ways, more ways than you know. Anyways, we are continuing to consider some wonderful, majestic, yeah, splendid, yeah, doctrines of Christ. That's right. That should kind of make our hearts swell with joy, gratitude. It ought to just perk us up. I'm just saying. So if you feel a little tired, I'm exhausted. By the way, then this should perk you right up. Well, it does, but I'm still tired. We are speaking of the offices of Christ, and that those offices are prophet, priest, and king. Do you think there's an order to them? Yes. Yes, I do. You mean like one comes before the other, or yeah. why? Well, we know that the prophets of old in the Old Testament got their actual words that they prophesied about the future of a coming Messiah from the, the Messiah. Messiah himself. Okay. 
that's kind of an inter- interesting thought. But why does that? How does that have to do with one being first? Well, because then he came and became our great high priest, who offers sacrifices, who intercedes for us, who actually himself became the sacrifice. Hmm. And then his kingdom is a future kingdom. He is king now, and he is sitting on beside the Father on the right hand, but he's also uh, will be given, as Daniel 7 describes, a kingdom that will never end. Well, I, I, I kind of take it differently. I don't think one is first or greater than the other. I think he occupies all three, and I think he did in his earthly ministry. Now, I didn't say greater. Well. That was your word. That is my word. I think he occupied all three offices from his time on earth to today. Probably even before his time on earth. Well, I mean, yeah, technically, but I think he, I think the point of these offices is that he took them on in his flesh. Okay, yeah. And fulfilled them in his flesh, though the offices are, obviously existed in the Old Covenant, Old Testament time. Slain from the foundation of the world. Well, I mean, yeah, the plan and the, yeah, so technically, yes, the plan of God dictates that these things are true from eternity past, but Christ occupied those offices uh, from the beginning of his ministry. Right. That's true. But you know, God is without time. Sometimes we say, well, God looked forward and saw this. Well, I don't think God ever looked forward. I think he he was over all time. We have to look forward because we're bound by time, but God's not. Yeah. So in that that way of saying it, then you would say, well, Jesus was crucified from the beginning of uh, time. He was king from the beginning of time. Yes. Because he's not bound by the, the time restraints we are. I agree, but we're talking about things the way we perceive him. things bound in time, yeah. Yes. And these offices that he occupies. I think it would be good for us to consider what it means that he occupies these three offices and why just these three. Why just these three? Yeah. Well, we know that from the beginning of creation and God's chosen people, there were prophets. And there were priests, and there were kings. These were human people occupying these positions. Okay. And then Jesus becomes our prophet, our priest, our king. And then if you really kind of stretch it a little bit. Oh, that's always good. Yeah. We also are prophets, priests, and kings ourselves. Uh, oh. It says we shall reign with him. That's yeah. the hard one to say, because in our in our humble state, I don't we know would say I'm not a king, and, I and I'm not, and I don't think we're priests, and I don't but think we're don't, prophets. Don't we lift up prayers on behalf of others? That means we're intercessors. I I wouldn't say we. There is, I wouldn't there say is we occupy those now. those offices at all. There's scriptures that say that we will be priests. A royal priesthood? Is that what you think? A holy nation? Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're stretching it to getting I, yeah. it really thin. We're I'm stretching not, it thin. 
yeah, I can't, we can't ignore those verses, but we're not like prophets, priests, and kings. We're not like we perceived the prophets of old or, or like Jesus. I mean, uh, I don't compare to Christ for sure. I, I think he not only occupies those offices, but in the way that he occupies those specific offices, he fulfills them and completes them. And so there's no, there's no need for them anymore. Because he's occupying them. Well, yeah. So I look at those three and I say those three functions or offices, prophet, priest, and king, are all how we relate to God. They all deal with how we relate to God. So king, he's he's a lord over us. He rules over us. Right, right. Has sovereignty and authority. A prophet, he teaches and reveals the truth about God specifically. And a priest stands as the link between sinner and God God, yeah and unites us in a fellowship or relationship with God and so I think all three of those deal primarily with how we interact with and know and walk with God and Jesus completes all of that yes he does and I wasn't trying to say that I want I'm not trying to puff up Larry or humanity Oh, I know. To any position higher than we should be. I get what you're saying. Uh, it's just that we were referred to as in kind of vague instances yeah. that we will reign with him. We are considered uh, priests in some uh, far out stretch of the imagination. Yeah, you know, we'll get there because we're going through First Peter right now in our church. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to consider there how and why Peter's using that language. I don't know, just off the top of my head, that he's using it in terms of the function of the priesthood as much as he's using it in terms of the distinction of the priesthood. So, Levi, tribe of Levi didn't inherit any land... Correct, correct. The priests, the, the, the Levites, they were set apart to God. They belonged to God. Right. So they're not represented in these tribes because they're gods. Right. And they had to live differently and they had to conduct themselves differently and all. they had different requirements and expectations. Oh, when you said they're gods, I went, what? They are God's possession. possession. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that might be more so what Peter's saying when he says we're a royal priesthood of chosen people were were set apart in that kind of idea of holiness uh, okay yeah distinct but not in the name of function just in the name of belonging to god okay is my top of my head thought but it'll be an interesting study because what what need is there for priests today well, there's not uh, no not in terms of function christ is our high priest correct and has but he does he does as a priest that would be as a prophet the prophet tells the people about god yeah so in that instance we can't act as prophets because we do tell people as we share the gospel about god yeah yeah again i'm stretching the yeah the uh, us us part of that we definitely to to follow the lead and example of christ we definitely carry on aspects of those three offices. So I was thinking this week about it and okay. um, just got to thinking about how 
that that language Christ fulfills these offices and God gave these offices originally in the old covenant to uh, make a way for his people to relate to him, understand him, those sorts of things. And I was thinking how the three kind of main figures in those offices all failed. Yeah, that's true. And so you have you have Moses, who was the first prophet. Right. And who was, out of the three, maybe the most successful in terms of not failing as grievously. Okay. But he still failed to the extent that God didn't let him go into the promised land. Correct. And so he was a prophet, but he wasn't a perfect prophet. Uh, he was a failed prophet, though the best failed prophet probably that there was. Okay. In that sense. So it's like Moses could tell them about God and lead them toward God, but he couldn't get them to the finish line. Somebody else had to do yeah. that. Yeah, he had, he had to take over a little bit do things beyond what God called him to do. Yep. Then you think about priest, and I, I thought Aaron. Yeah. And Aaron had a lot of things against him. But in my mind, chiefly was the golden calf episode. Right, exactly. He's supposed to point the people to God and intercede with God on their behalf, and, and yet he allows them to raise up a false god. Yeah, he and, succumbs to their yeah. desires. And actually, I think we can say leads them to worship that false god. Right. And then thirdly, you know, the king, we really have two characters to deal with there. We have Saul, who's the first king. Correct, correct. Who failed. Miserably failed yeah. to the point that, I mean, it's just outright outrageous. So God was sorry he made Saul king. Yeah, so you see a, a major failure there. Um, but then if we take the second king, who was more in the line of Moses Aaron, is David. Correct. Even he fails, right? Sure. Like the covenant's made with him, but he, he still fails. He has an adulterous affair. Uh, he has Uriah killed. Um, he doesn't always obey what he should be doing right. in terms he of got a little selfish there for a while uh certainly didn't produce a great family lineage uh so i'm just saying all three of them have flaws but where they failed christ succeeds right so well absolutely yes M moses could only take people so far Jesus can reveal better than anybody. He's the self-revelation of God who carries us into the promised land. Right. Yeah, I was, I was wondering if you're going to stick the promised land scenario in there because that's what it was with Moses. Yeah. Moses couldn't take him all the way into the promised land. Someone else had to do that. Right, but not with Christ. Correct. Then you have Aaron who did the golden calf thing. Yeah. Jesus will never lead us astray. He will Who? always lead us to the true God. And and also Aaron was the a shadow of what Christ did. Yeah. As he uh, gave the uh, offerings on the Day of Atonement, as he took the blood before the, the throne of God or before the ark. Yeah. And Jesus did that perfectly. 
Jesus did that with his own blood. And to the, to the, the, the whatever you call it, the, the, the heavenly altar, altar. not made with hands. Yeah, I mean, Aaron couldn't atone for anybody's sin. Right. But Jesus is such a great high priest. He atones for people's sin. So Aaron and Moses are there in Hebrews, right? That's the whole book of Hebrews. Okay. Yeah. Jesus is greater than Moses and Jesus is the great high priest. Right. But Jesus is even better than than Saul and David. Right. Or Melchizedek that he's compared to. Yeah. He he always rules in justice. He always rules according to God's will. Right. And he possesses the supreme authority. Uh, his is not a derived authority like Saul or David. Right. But his is a, a pure authority. And you remember when God uh, agrees to let Israel have a king. Uh, he was right. grieved because he was to be their king. Right. And they couldn't comprehend that. Yeah, they wanted to be like the people around them. Yeah. Even though you could see their frailties and their weaknesses and their sinful condition. Yeah. So we have Jesus, I think, occupying these roles or these offices and fulfilling them, being the perfect prophet, priest, and king. Yes. And he, he's revealing God to us in the wholeness of, of God. He's uh, atoned for our sins and united us and permanently reconciled us to God, leads us to the true God, to true worship of the true God. And he's our king. He rightfully rules over us right, and leads right. us in justice and in righteousness and in goodness, uh, and we can trust his lordship. Right, and he's going to lead us in the end days yeah. to final victory as he uh, comes on a white horse and has the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah, uh, Revelation his, on 19. His side. Yeah. yeah, and uh, he leads us in victory. Yeah. And and takes us home to be with him forever. And, you know, it's, it's cool how God... Um, in the Old Testament, pointed people to the coming of this one, right? Who will take all three of these offices? I mean, they're they're the three main offices of Judaism, correct? Again, of how God relates with and deals with His people, and there's going to come one who takes them all. So Moses said, "There's going to come a prophet who's greater than I." Uh, the whole sacrificial system and the whole priest priesthood points to Jesus yes. at every square every corner yeah and the king thing we've already talked about god desires to be their king there there can only be one rightful ruler uh, and it has to be god yes and so even david and even with the covenant of david he's he's promising a king i mean and that's that's what uh that's the birth account in luke's gospel the first two chapters there that right here's the one who's going to sit on david's throne yeah, who? Where is he who is born king of the Jews? Yeah, uh, the Magi said. And here's, here's the one. His kingdom's going to endure forever, as, as he's presented in the temple, and uh, people are recognizing God's kind of inspiring people to recognize who he is. Here's right. the Savior, the Son of David. Uh, here's the one whose kingdom has no end. Well, don't you think that because we have such a great prophet, priest, and king, that he deserves and commands our greatest admiration, respect, and service. I think yeah. so many people are setting back and saying, yeah, he is in their head, but they're not saying it in their heart to where they're acting on it, where they're living it. And I, yeah. I think that's the whole goal of this Christian life is to put Jesus where he belongs. 
He's our king. He's our Lord. Yeah. He, he is the one that we follow. We adore him. Yeah. And uh, we so much love him that we want to share that great gospel with the lost. Yeah. We can trust him as our priest. We can go to him uh, for guidance as our prophet. And we should submit to him as our king. Trust right, his right. leadership. I've been watching a video that a friend of ours from church gave me. And it's a document documentary of revivals mm. throughout history. Mm-hmm. And I'm only halfway through it. But it just it's a great awakening. Mm-hmm. And you have you have a lot of people saved in this great revival. But you also have a lot of sideline Christians who who are truly believers, but they're not truly in love with Jesus. Not to the point that he is the ruler and controller of their life. Yeah. And it's just how they wake up to that, wow, not only is it true in my head, it's now it's true in my heart. And I want to live every ounce of my being for him. Yeah, I, I was just reading, actually, when you walked in, and one of the things I, I read was, uh, are you in love with the idea of Jesus or with Jesus himself? Yeah. And I, th- I think that's a good convicting thought to have, a way to examine ourselves we actually in love with the idea of Jesus and yes. the idea of Christianity? I am I am those. Or do we actually love Jesus himself? I mean, should be. Can you do both? It should be both, right? Like, uh, you know, I think embedded in loving Jesus is also loving the idea of Jesus. But the author was trying to say, are you just living in this fantasy world that's only about ideas? Or actually, are or are you actually really walking with christ right and i think that's you know the difference between a lot of kind of varied has in my life has varied from maybe one season to the next where i'm i'm living kind of in that first scenario where i love jesus uh, i like jesus uh, i do want to share the gospel to the second part which is much much deeper which i i love jesus yeah. Uh, you say the same words over and over in, in both scenarios, but one of them has much deeper impact, much yeah. deeper meaning. I one's love him much, with all my heart, yeah, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. One's much more personal, right? It's it's person-oriented. Yeah, and it's not just on Sunday. Right. It's every day. It's when I go to bed at nights, when I wake up in the morning, when i in the middle of my dreams. I dreamed last night I was sharing the gospel with a young lady. Yeah. To me, that. I love those kind of dreams because I'm yeah. also rehearsing in my mind for how I would present the gospel in such a scenario. Yeah, absolutely. And then throughout the throughout the day and what we fill our minds with, uh, we can watch a, a movie that's kind of shady. Yeah. And and that has, has an impact on us. Yes. Or I, so there's been days in the last couple of weeks that I just didn't want to want I didn't want to turn the TV on. Yeah. Because I know there's nothing there. Right. It's just empty. I, I'd rather maybe go to the computer and listen to someone's sermon or yeah. there's something more, like that. There's more life yeah. in walking with and knowing Christ. Right. Yeah. Well, I hope today's discussion, uh, as we say every week, and I think we genuinely, sincerely mean it, hope it spurs you on to thought and maybe other further conversation with other individuals. Uh, that's the goal, and I hope it increases your affections for Jesus. I find myself regularly uh, 
expressing my love for the Lord through Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how else right now. I'm just kind of in this season where I don't know how else to really express my joy and love in Jesus than to thank him for yeah. who he is yeah. and what he's done and what he's doing and all of those sorts of things. So hopefully today's discussion uh, spurred some listeners on in that. Uh, as always, you can reach out to us and contact us via our website, DoctrineDoxology.com. There you can find all of our social media links, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as contact information for us if you want to email us or reach out to us through our website. Additionally, there are other resources on that website for you to find, um, including another ministry that we operate called the Pastor's Cohort. Uh, all designed to encourage uh, current and future ministers uh, in their understanding of the church and in their ministry, thus and hopefully uh, resulting in healthy churches. Sure, and equipping them with a few uh, great literature needs. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully that will spur them on to uh, a greater understanding and walk with the Lord. Yeah, and so uh, we would love if you would prayerfully consider donating Uh, There's a way to do that securely on our website. Every dollar of your donation goes straight to helping the pastor's cohort. Uh, It doesn't go to anything else. It goes straight to investing in those guys and everything that's needed to kind of keep that going. So uh, if you would, we would be humbled and honored to uh, have your donation for that ministry. I'm humbled. Me too. Uh, Just God humbles me daily. Just by showing me how much other people love. Yeah. And how he loves us through them. Yeah. That amazes me. Yeah. Because I know you're not worth it. No. And and, uh, neither am I. Yeah. Okay. Let me pray. Father, we are truly grateful uh, and just humbled by your word, by your plan of salvation, your magnificent plan that brought us to a right relationship with you. Thank you for uh, sending your son to uh, become the propitiation for our sins, to give us a right relationship with you. Help us to walk in holiness. Help us to seek you out day by day and help us to serve you honorably as we share your love with the lost. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.